Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <clears throat> You're listening to the Sands Pants Network. Home of comedy, <laughs> culture, <laughs> adventures, and ghosts. Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And for this episode, we lived through 2022. Boys, 2022, were we scared? Year of fear. Year of fear. It's year in the title. of fear. We, we did it. We did it. We got through the year of fear. Yeah. Just as, as so a couple of weeks ago, we did midsummer hmm. and I had a head cold. I'm sick again, as you might be able to hear. Um, completely different one. Year of fear has almost killed me. My yeah. body has given up <laughs> yeah. because you of watched, year of fear. You watched so many scary movies, your immune system went, we're taking the rest of the year <laughs> off. You're on your own. I am stumbling to the end of the year of fear. I've like fallen apart over here. But we did it. We did it. We made it through year I'm of fear. I'm proud of us. Yeah. Heroes, some are saying. Yes, there's a, there's a bit of a vibe out there where people are whispering heroes to us yeah. uh, as we walk through town. I, I'm gonna make, I want to say something insane. And Jeez. Sean, you can bash me if you want. Checking how far away for a straight <laughs> Sean jab. just did the Henry Cavill yeah. loaded his um, Just speaking of that, have you seen the video? I've seen a lot of clips around? lately, yeah. Tom, Tom Cruise yeah. egging it on. Well, Tom Cruise fucking loves the, the arm cannon so yeah. much. He made yeah. it, I, Henry Cavill looks so tired when he's like, i got to do it again. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Uh, the guy just wants to play Warhammer. Yeah. <laughs> Out of the context of the bathroom scene, it's not even really that no, It's not that great. It's like yeah. he stands up on stage and does it, and in one of them, the crowd's just kind of like, oh, yeah. Like, that's it. Okay. Not Tom. Tom no, Cruise, Tom is, Cruise like, is like Whoa! slapping his knee and losing his mind. He loves it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, reload your arm cannons. Year of Fear, we set out to not... You know, do what we sometimes have done in the yeah. past. Where we start off really fucking scary and then, like, you know, taper off. We were like, no, nah, we're going to do a year of fear. We're going to watch some big, bad, scary movies. Mm-hmm. Ending, of course, while watching Midsummer. Weirdly, because we were going into movies cold a lot, mm. we'd be like, oh, I've heard this is scary or this looks really scary because I saw a poster. I feel like the year of fear, not as scary as some other years have been. Oh, that is a. That is a massive call. That's huge. I looked at the list yesterday. Yeah, I did no, too. No, and I looked at it and thought, yeah, actually, I guess maybe there is some truth in this because part of it is like, hey, going into it, thought that was Year of Fear caliber yeah, yeah. coming out of it. It wasn't. Oh, for sure. But 
obviously you can look through the previous seasons and it's like, oh, there's a bit of Hammer, there's some Kush, there's a bit of this yeah. and that. Yeah. We d- yeah, Comedy, no, we- horror, the greatest genre ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, we didn't really give ourselves that much of that this year. There was no. like Horror Express and and then like things like Jaws and stuff, but that was mm. a special 100th episode trip. Yeah, and yeah. our Scream Timber was maybe a bit of a low ball, but it was, yeah, uh, we wanted yeah. to do Scream Timber. Yeah. But well, there was a new one out. and yeah. you know. There weren't many softballs. Like we... We said we were going to commit yeah. to it, and we did. And whether some of the movies didn't end up actually being as scary, no. not really our fault. Things no. like The Deep House. Yes. Like, I yeah. put a call out on Twitter and was like, give me, like, claustrophobic, mm. fucked, underground sort of stuff. And that was one that came up. And the premise of it, it looks terrifying. Oh, yeah. The as movie sucks said, shit. Brilliant premise. Not yeah. our fault. We <laughs> no, committed no. to the year yeah. of fear. We, we yeah. did. And yes- Correct, Tom. We are heroes. Is that what you were saying? <laughs> that, that's not what I said. I think, I think though, the, the intent, though, is that people probably listen to this being like, I don't think they did Year of Fear. And I want to clarify. The intent was mm. we, we were going into these and, and thinking this is going to cook us. And sometimes it didn't. Yeah. Having said that, the ones that were scary, the mm. ones that we were like, oh, I don't, I don't want to watch this. This is going to fuck us up. Fucked us up. Yes. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah. ones that were bad mm. ruined our lives. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Made you sick Mate, twice. Yeah, literally has almost killed me. Well, should we jump into that? Should we say, well, scariest movie we watched this year? Let's go around the table. Well, it's for me, I uh, so normally with these, when we do these categories, mm. I, I put honorable mentions in. Yeah. I had no honorable mentions. For Interesting. Is I'm, that because. I'm curious if we've all got the same movie. Is that I because one was so clear cut? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because I don't have too many honorable mentions. And part of it is I looked through that massive list of movies mm. and I just went. Not many of these really have lasted as like ones that have rattled me. Yeah, okay. As if if someone came up to you and said, "Hey, you're on Skatey Boys. Give me some movies that are going to wreck me." Yeah, and you're like, "Well, I would go to previous years for stuff." There is one. Yeah, and there's one this year that I'm like, that movie can get fucked and be buried in cement and dropped into the the Mariana (laughs) Trench. I think we're all going to say the same one. But yeah, there weren't like I had to go through the list to find a couple of others to like fill out some some mentions, I guess. But um. Is can I ask? Is yes? Is the one incantation? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. It, that for, is for the build up to it. Yeah. Horrifying. Yeah, Damo's experience watching it. Damo's experience watching it. <laughs> no good at all. Uh, the rift it tried to create in the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even the aftermath of it, like still, yeah. like you know, when I'm going through this, trying to pick the scariest one, and then I start to think about it again, I'm like, oh, I've worked really hard to get that to the back of the yeah, dude. Yeah. Like, and it's still literally, there. yeah, I was going through on Letterboxd out all our movies. And I literally did. I'm like, I saw the poster. I was like, oh god! Like, yeah, I didn't yeah. want to look at it, so I tried to you like. Feel swipe sick by. as soon as you see the poster. Again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also because like there are other movies that had some big scares in it that were pretty full on. Like, honorable mentions for scary moments. Um, Smile had some ripper jump scares, mm. upside down head. Moloch had some big scary bits. Yeah, Moloch was good. Um, and even some of the stuff we watched earlier, like like it, mm. the first one, not the second one, and, yeah. and even things like Insidious and, yeah. and things like that. They don't have though. Incantation seems to be is is a relentless movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like you never found solid footing. I think while no, watching it, no, hundred percent. And a lot of the time, I know a common thing for me is I'll get about halfway through and then it sort of leaks out a bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, eh, they haven't nailed the execution. I think Incantation nails it the whole way through. Yeah. yeah. It's a movie I never want to watch again. No. I don't have to. No, 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 you really don't. It's one of those movies that once you watch it, it really should be locked away. Like, yeah. yeah. It feels like it's a dangerous it. movie. The fact that yeah. it's just on Netflix where anybody can find it, yeah. crime. Dangerous. I did consider Moloch, but I remembered watching it and just thinking, nah, I really just really loved that it was a good mm, movie. Yeah. Mm. It's one of those ones where obviously the way it ended, 
I still think about Moloch. It's oh, one of yeah, the best movies yeah. I've seen this year. Yeah, but yeah, agree. It's just that lingering horror dread, whereas Incantation has that, but also had the in the moment, just fucking ruin your life. It's also got yeah. one of the worst jump scares I've ever seen. Mm. Like that, the the scene with them when she goes back to the temple and she's fucked up the ritual. Yeah. yeah. And the woman, the woman turns around and screams at the camera. And yeah. I... I want to... Uh, after, sorry. Turns around and screams at the camera after trying to peel her own hair off. Yeah. 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 It's just it's just yuck. There's too many parts in it that are just really, really yuck. Yeah. Most of the movies we've watched, the horror stuff, you'd probably be like, oh, yeah, you can remember maybe two or three things mm. from the movie if it's done a good job of spooking you. This is just like the whole way through. There's just disgusting yeah, yeah. fucked shit. It's also the only movie that's like, I forgot I was watching a movie. Like, I yeah. generally felt so nervous and worried for myself and like... Obviously, the whole idea of this curse being sort of put on us, the viewer, as if anyone who's listened to an episode already knows that it got me very well. But generally, it did. Like, I felt that through watching it that I was in, a, in an unsafe place. Yep. Like, that's Even, powerful. I think when you watched it, mm. you were downstairs. We were upstairs. I think watching footy, maybe. No, playing no, basketball. Sure. We were playing, playing some basketball. NBA 2K. Yeah. Fantastic. Great, oh, great time. Great. Oh, NBA. Ooh. Hey. It was good. That's a safe place right there. That was a, that was Ooh, a good yeah, place to be. But knowing that just below, like directly below us, our friend was experiencing this <laughs> horror that we'd already lived through. It was bad energy. What I loved too is- Is that, that the only time you beat me? Yeah, have I you never beat you. Be- have you ever beaten me? I I have I beat you that day. I've it was probably close. while he was watching it because yeah. there was a curse in the house. He was leaking up through the oh, floorboards. Yeah. yeah, it was. Off, I was off my game because yeah. I was scared. It's yeah. true. I, that, was, that, was, that was the weekend where after playing it for a bit, you were impressed that I'd I still had some gaps in my game, but you're impressed yes. that I'd, I'd improved. I was impressed and scared in equal measure. Yeah. What I love about that moment is at no point did it ever occur to Sean or I to be like, nah, look, we'll watch it again out of solidarity. No, oh, no, no. no. Sorry. I was no, like, no, oh, you're on your fucking own. Never <laughs> even in question. Yeah. And no. like, I, I, I probably, I probably could have watched it again, I think, with you. Hmm. But also I didn't need to. No, no, no. I've got I, I to be honest, as much as I would have been... Maybe I wouldn't have even enjoyed it. We've talked previously about like anytime we're watching something that you guys have already seen and there's always the little, oh, you guys like tensing up before the shit yeah. happens. I would have been, yeah. It would have been so much It might have made the experience you, think, worse yeah. for me. At least I could get up and pace around and all yeah. the rest of the shit I was doing. Yeah. Um, I just want another honorable mention for a scare, scary scenes mm. rather than scary movies uh, on curses is Neroy the Curse. Yeah. The scene at the end um, oh, where they're yeah. walking through the forest at night and mm. they show yeah. what the what the cr- the creature is basically and yeah. it's just awful and there's some stuff in that that's that's absolutely just again a bit like the wailing just has descended mm. over me and hangs around weirdly that's had no lasting impact on me is that right in fact i tried to find it on letterboxd and realized for some reason i didn't even review it i didn't log it okay. no, i haven't even logged it i'm going through the list and i'm like yeah that one just to me it just hasn't landed at all yeah so, is so I, strange i agree with tom there was i think one again it had that thing of like the cover is so bad that already i'm nervous yep. um and then i think you because you had found that one off some writer from twitter i believe yeah it would have yeah. been one of those like this will fucking yeah. destroy you so there was things, that yeah. as well um so there was a bit of build-up maybe didn't completely cash off but i agree so there's a few there's just enough of a couple of images that are like haunting enough that i'm they're still there it did have an impact mostly that scene you're talking about and then the other one where the head gets like bashed in or whatever it was. Yeah. An honourable mention that I've got written down. I have two. Mm. So these weren't anywhere near as scary. Incantations. Is it the scariest one we've done? It's up there with Woman in Black. In yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, no, I think it's I think it's it's equal. Yeah, it's equal to because it's just that I, look, I'll put it actually I'll put it this way. I would watch Woman in Black again if you had if you put a gun to my head and said you have to watch one of these. Yeah, again. you'd choose Woman, Woman in Black every time. 
yeah. every time. The thing with Incantation that also scares me about ever rewatching it, because there's so much stuff, I actually don't remember all. some of the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll be fucked up all over again yeah, because I'm like, yeah, oh, I didn't yeah. even remember that fucking bit. Yeah. yeah. The thing too is that there are the two sequences in the tunnel go for so long. Oh, oh yeah. fucking tunnel scenes. That came at a time too when I... When I'd asked people for like tunnel underground right, sort of stuff, right. and I was like, "Why? Have I, oh no! What, what have I opened up here? This is bullshit." <sighs> two honourable mentions. Yes, they're two films that I formed, I think, an emotional connection with characters. Yeah, in, so yep. it made it more scary. His house. Yeah, yes. yes. Yep. big time. Legitimately fucking scary. Yeah, yep. but also just. Brilliant, beautiful, beautiful, and heartbreaking, and all of these things. And the other one was the ritual, yeah, which had that lasting imagery of a fucked creature, mm. but just it was a successful film in the way Antlers wasn't, which yes. had, also had incredible creature design. Yeah, yep. it didn't nail anything else really. Yeah, the ritual was really fucked up, and I still think about it a little bit, not mm. on the same level as some other stuff, but yeah, yeah that one lingers around too. Yeah, no, both great calls. Um, also, honorable mention, uh, having to watch a movie with Joel Dusha. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. just a fucking, like, I just, I hated that experience, I'll be yeah. honest. Normally, it's a joy to watch movies with your friends. Yeah. That one just fucking sucks. I was just sweating. I hated it. Before I we pressed looking play. At, you watched the DVD, so we had the runtime on the yes, DVD player. Yeah. I was watching that the whole time, and like, I just, I just remember hitting like 45 minutes and be like, nothing... <laughs> Really bad has happened yeah. yet. I hate this so much. Yeah. And, then the camera, and then the camera was like, not now, afraid to say, now I'm upside down. I hate Joel Dusha. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd fight him. Ban him from the show. Yeah. yeah done. He's, out. Yeah. he's never picking a movie again. Well, no. we let him, we we let him do it. Let him do it. What has he done to yeah. us? Fucking. Um, all right. Best movie we watched this year. I've got a long list. Uh, well, yeah. I, I, there's, there's a lot of great ones. For me, I know what you're going to pick, Tom. You do. Yeah, and I think I agree with you. It's Nope. It is. It's Nope. Yep. Nope might be one of my favourite movies of the year just in, in general. Nope just is, as a movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nope is one of those great films that grows in stature in your mind mm. long after you've watched it. Yeah, I've watched about it twice. I think you've only watched it once. Yeah. Yeah. I can I can say it got significantly better for me on the rewatch. Yeah. Damo, we watched it together. I had that thing where I'm like, oh, I went in expecting one thing and didn't get that. Yeah. So I needed to watch it again, knowing what I was in for. Yeah. And fuck, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One of the you. best of the year, not just horror. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely for mine the the best. Like, yeah. well made. Just some of like the technical craft used in it mm. is so fucking good. The fact that it subverts your expectations. So many fucking times. Mm. Like someone pointed out recently, just on the posters, they show you the monster. Like there's right. a shot of each of the characters looking up, and for the oh, what's the guy who runs Jupiter's Jupe, Jupe's character, Jupe. Yeah. Um, on his poster, he's looking up, and when before you see the movie, you're like, oh, he's wearing a cowboy hat. Once you've seen the movie, he's not wearing a hat. It's that's jean jacket right. above his head. Oh, that's good. It's mm. yeah, it's um, it's cool. The the score's awesome. Yeah. The the every every aspect of that movie is. First class. It's precision yeah. filmmaking, yeah. And also, great story, great heart, great characters. I think um, Daniel Kaluuya should be nominated for an Oscar, but he won't be because it's one of the he more won. interesting performances from a, a lead in a mm. in a in a an action in, in a horror movie that is a it is a sort of an adventure kind of Spielberg kind of film. Yeah. In that his reaction to things is so inward, so subdued. Yeah. It's yeah. a big bombastic film, and he's introverted. Yeah. He's the yeah. main character, and it's yeah. such so a, it's a weird mix, but it works beautifully. Oh, well, because because it's offset by Kiki Palmer, who's up <laughs> yeah. here. But it's but again, he he's so such a great performance. And yeah. again, this is the thing: is like I look at all these movies, and it's like when we rewatch when we watched Midsummer, and you're like, oh, again, we've not seen Hereditary, but you, you hear stories: mm. Tony Collette's fantastic in Hereditary; she didn't win an Oscar. Florence Pugh's fantastic in Midsummer; didn't win an Oscar. Lupita, yeah. Lupita in Us, like yeah. all these things where the 
academies then and then the academy will be like, oh, what? It's horror month, and it's like, shut the fuck up, you yeah. dicks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it, nope, nope was probably my favorite, yeah. and and in a, in a pretty stacked. Year of fear of, of yeah. good movies. I feel. I feel we watched some really juicy. That's the stuff. thing I found really interesting. Obviously, yeah, we we sort of pushed ourselves a bit to sort of reach outside our more comfort watches, and by doing so, we found some that we really love. So, Nope was definitely on my list. But interestingly, the two that you mentioned is like scariest. And I agree, are very scary, but were on my best watched uh, short list as well. Was His House and The Ritual, yeah, yeah. and Moloch. Like Moloch, yeah. All three of those were beautiful movies that. If it were not, we're not for the year of fear. We maybe would have passed on. Might have gone. Ah, looks a little too scary. Let's try something a bit in the in a little softball that we can handle. Well, yeah, his house. Thank you, Cass, for bulling us into making. Definitely, this honestly, yeah. that one rock. And I still think about that. Is one I would watch again, even though it was genuinely very scary. Yeah. Um, I would love to watch it with someone else. I think I'd really like to show it to someone who hadn't seen it. And coming in with no expectation, no real knowledge of it, because I think that was my experience. And just such a beautiful movie. Again, so character-driven, such a beautiful character arc. And, like, not even necessarily the the nicest characters, like, obviously, we, as we learn for our main guy. But, I don't know, it just connected on a level I've not, not experienced for a while, especially with, you know, with horror. With horror that scary, yeah. to have that a much of an emotional connection is... Fucking amazing. Yeah. And you talk about award, like Oscars, those two leads, oh, unbelievable. Dude. They did win BAFTAs. I think, I think well, we talked about this yeah, when yeah, we did, did the episode. Yeah. I did some detective work. Yeah. The Brits think, are recognised. I think, I think yeah. yeah, she won a BAFTA. Yeah. Um, two older ones that are very much like in contention as the best ones, I think. Mm. Jaws, just for the fact yeah. that I mean, it's just yeah, a five-star classic I mean, yeah, how can you not put film. that? Yeah. Great that yeah. we did Jaws and Nope in the same year. Uh, yeah, yeah. Nope is, really yeah. does feel like a modern day. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see how its legacy is going to go because it's, yeah, I think what you said before, Sean is so true that it's with the rewatch and the more time set spent sitting with it, it's cooking. It's got a, yeah. it's got a lot going for it. Imagine just rolling in to being like, I'm going to make movies, and you make three, and you just you just nail three. Yeah, and they're th- they're all completely different, but have similar. They're from the same fam. Like they're just. Weirdly, yeah. I think Get Out and Nope will have more staying power than Us. Yeah, I think Us Us is more to me that it's it's doing everything a horror movie needs to do, and it's. Yeah. For me personally, it's got that awesome magical realism type shit that I love. But I think the other two have that and a bit more. They're also saying something and, and connecting in a deeper level. Let um, the right one in. Superb oh, film. Oh, yeah. Yep. Made a note of most interesting film is probably The Empty Man. Yeah. Because yeah, at okay. the time of watching it, I thought, eh, this didn't do it for me. But yep. then in our discussion, you guys sort of opened me up about like, you know, the, the structure of it and the way that it tells five or so different horror yep. subgenres. And it's just a really interesting way to tell a story. Yeah. yeah. we And that thing, we, we got some interesting stuff like Empty Man, like Moloch, like, yeah. in, you know, Incantation and His yeah. House that we might not have gone in for. Yeah. Um, my other... An honorable mention, um, original Candyman. Oh, Great. Film that yes. I had, again, so funny to be like, yeah, guys, Candyman's a good movie. It's fucking right. <laughs> came out in like 1990, whatever, but I think yeah. it's a good Because, yeah. again, why would the fuck have I seen a Candyman movie? Right, right. Um, how many times have I said the name? Oh, shit. I'm concerned. Fuck, oh, I'm, shit. Normal, I'm normally counting it because I went, <laughs> do the. There's do a the... mirror right behind I you. Wasn't oh. looking, no, no, but I wasn't looking in the mirror, so okay. I'm okay. Okay. The movie that I that I liked. That film. Yes. That film. Yeah. Um, the Carney Man. The, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the man. Yeah. With candy. Yeah. John Candy Man. <laughs> what a movie. Wow. Well, I say great. John Candy yeah. okay. five times or whatever. Yeah. He comes in. He comes, Uncle Buck shows up. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things where it's, it's a classic. It's got such a great hook mm. literally and mm. and and story wise <laughs> but i didn't i didn't expect I, I don't know for some reason i thought it'd be this like schlocky slasher mm. schla- schlocky slasher <laughs> but it actually is it's a 
it's a really great film. Talks has a lot of messaging about it mm. um, for the time and even relevance today. And hell yeah, yeah. I think because the sequels are trash, yeah, and leaned into the slasher aspect mm. and less about the social commentary, which yeah. is in the original yeah. one. Fucking loved it. Really good. Also, Philip Glass. Fuck. Oh, oh yeah. buddies. Yeah, what cool. are you doing? Yeah. You're having a good time. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, it was interesting watching both the, the remake of Candyman and the mm. original one and then seeing Smile and seeing the, some of the directorial similarities. Yeah, okay. Especially in the um, the opening shot of Smile. Sort of upside down camera work. Upside sort of down stuff. camera work. Films of the city with like a score over the top, which is, you know, how, how, the, how the Candyman yeah. opens. Um, yeah. So, yeah, big fan. One that... If it were a standalone film, mm. it would very much have like a really high standing for me. Is it Chapter One? Yeah, I gotta yeah. agree. When we watched Part Two, it just sort of sadly the whole thing. It brought the whole it. thing down yeah. a bit, yeah, because yeah. Part Two just really sucked. Yeah, Part One was just an incredible film, mm. yeah, full of great performances and horror and dread and all this sadness of the town and everything. Yeah. But yeah, as a collective, uh, same, I found the same probably with Fear Street, which mm-hmm. we started on. Yep, yep. Yep. Really loved the first one. And then yeah. for me, the quality just sort of slowly crept down. Yeah. Overall, it was fine. But if it had stayed as good as part one the whole way through, whew, Jesus. Yeah. It's because we had accent gymnastics in the True. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Just, yeah, just yeah. fuck the accents off, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. We said this in the episode. Yeah. I will also say this. And it's going to hurt me to say. <laughs> Climax. Great film. Oh, okay. Yeah, Impeccably yeah. well made. Does exactly what it set out, sets mm. out to do. I cannot fault the craft of it. Yeah. I will fight Gaspar Noe in a car park, though. <laughs> and Joel Dusha. He'll fuck you up in some weird way. He will. Yeah, he man. will. And Dusha will watch it and give it five stars. <laughs> yeah. <on the> <laughs> um, it's, it, it's weird when I say, oh, it's because it is, it, it's a bit, and, and Midsummer as well. Yeah, yeah, two of them. They are they are some of the best cinema. They're yeah. great filmmaking, great story, great visuals, great performances. But calling them like a great, time, it's it feels weird yeah, to say. Yeah. Oh, great time, uh, midsummer. I can I can get behind for that. Yeah. But climax, like I respect that you actually have a some fondness for the experience of having watched it. I just don't. I watched it. I <laughs> suffered through it, and I went. Even if look, that's he nailed the brief. I guess he yeah. wanted to. Well done, buddy. That's not the cinema I want to watch. Right. I just don't have any real positive feelings about it. <laughs> no enough. disrespect if that's the like for Joel, if that's the kind of cinema you love to watch. Yeah. But for me, nah, I'm I want hope. And yeah, heart. yeah. Yeah. Well I gotta say with um just on the midsummer, I I think yeah, that's definitely on my list as well. It's one that I have not stopped thinking about. Yeah, uh, it's been what a couple of weeks now, and literally I I've listened to a few podcasts about other people who have just talked about it. Like I've been wanting to sort of sure. Dig into it a bit more because there's something there that I can't quite. It's a director's cut, Damo. I've got it at home. I forgot nah, about I it until Tom <laughs> mentioned it just now. I was like, "That's right, we watched Midsummer." Yeah, maybe it's an egg. You, 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 were, you, you went straight in. That was going while you're <laughs> straight from it. the screen to the back of my egg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Oh, uh, sorry. One more. Yeah, yeah and I, yeah. I can't believe I forgot it. I think it's the best film we watched this year. Yep. Horror Express. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth braids on train. Oh, oh baby. baby. Yeah. Oh, Tom, dear. when's your next visit to the Geelong Hop Shop? What more secrets do they have? I know. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited to get a burnt copy. Was it a- $1? Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, so good. i got to say, that is that episode is probably my favourite episode of the year. That was just such a joyous, dumb chat. Very silly. Yeah. All oh, right. Dear. Well, so now we've got to give our update on our relationship to horror. I think for me, I, I really can't say that I'm any braver. Year of Fear. Yeah, look. We, we we tackled Midsummer, which is no small feat, but I still like thinking about, you know, going into next year and, and we've already got a few horror movies lined up that we want to watch. There is there is now this combination for me, which I think we've discussed before, where I am now excited for them. Yeah. 
but still very scared for them. The excitement vanishes the minute the movie starts, and yeah. you're like, oh, no. So that excitement <laughs> is new. That yeah. didn't exist before this podcast. The idea that, oh, there's this new horror out, and there's got a bit of buzz, and it's it's got a great premise or whatever. But that, that thing that I did have before this podcast was like, oh, no, dread of watching the thing is 100% still there. I, I find, too, what, what happens more than ever mm. in our little group chat is one of us will be like, here's a fucked thing I've seen, boys. And we're like, oh, <laughs> add it to the list. Add it to the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The dread, I think, has gotten worse. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've talked about this. every. I feel like every year in review, we're like, I think we're worse. <laughs> I don't know if, I don't know if we're worse overall, but I definitely think the, the, the bef- going into the film yes. is... Yeah. I think has become worse. Can I tell you what I think that is? So obviously, like like you said, there's been a lot of movies where you go in high expectation, very scared, and then as the movie progresses, you're like, oh, this isn't going to get me as much as it. But going into every movie, you're going in thinking this could be a woman in black, this could be an incantation, and that, especially this year when we sorted out the year of fear. That's right. So like every movie has that level, and we're going in with that level of fear and cowardice and all the rest. And so yeah, just sitting down and pressing play. Is already more might be more scary than actually what's about to take place in the next ninety. That's where the real bravery minutes. is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that it is. is bro, yeah. The fact Sitting on a couch and pressing play. Yeah, courage. We're the real heroes. I've, I've heard that around town that yeah. people call us heroes. I've been thinking, not as a fucking statue. <laughs> <laughs> what's the, the statue? Would just have a puddle of piss. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just constantly piss leaking out. Of it. <laughs> it's a fountain. Yeah, <laughs> but all the water just comes out of the bottom of our pants. It doesn't like spray out anywhere, it just drips. <laughs> it just dribbles down. I've been thinking about my relationship with horror this year. Yeah. There's one film you guys didn't mention in the scariest. Okay. That surprised me. Wreck. Oh, Ooh, yeah. yeah. Fuck. Because yeah. for me, it, it wasn't. And part of that is the whole problem I've had for the whole year, I think. I think my mindset changed because of Year of Fear. And yeah. I decided I'm going to body it. Yep. And I... Part of me, part of me hates that I did that this year. Do you think you've bodied the whole year of fear? I bodied the whole year, and a few like when I, I said to you guys, I looked at the whole list, and I could only really come up with three that I felt comfortable putting as scariest yeah. nominations. Whereas in years gone by, there would have been probably ten each right. year. Yeah, and I think the the plan to go in and just body it and be like, no. Nah, I'm just going to like really like, yeah, it's yeah. like a fucking Pokemon. Ash Ketchum's my master and he keeps saying, harden. And my shell keeps coming on for the duration of the movie. And then I get to the end of it and I'm just a shit Pokemon. Yeah. I feel empty and I feel like, huh, that didn't chase the high of all yeah. or and, something yeah. like that. And eventually, Sean, you get to the point where he says harden and the text comes up and says, Sean's defense won't go any higher. Yeah. yeah. That's what, kind of what it felt like. And Wreck was the... Probably the height of that. Yeah. Where I'm yeah. like, I think for months I knew probably we were going to have to do that movie. A yep. lot of people recommended it. We had planned to do it. Mm. And I was like, this movie's really going to fuck me up. Sure. And so I just sat there and probably just felt like shit for 90 minutes. Yeah, I was just yeah. sort of like- 73 just, or whatever. 73. Yeah, just yeah. clenched up and like got to the end of it and then was kind of like- Stupidly, I think, I can't remember the app, but I probably was like, oh, a bit of a shit movie. Like, it didn't mm. really do anything for me. And it's mm. like, of course it didn't, you fuckhead, because you didn't actually, you <laughs> closed yourself movie. You closed yourself off to emotion yes. as best as you yeah. could. And I did it yeah. too many times this year. And I need to figure out a way to not do it. I was going to say, how do you su- lower your sucks. defenses going into next year? How do you get that back again? Part oh. of me looks at that list and goes, I don't, I didn't get enough fun out of, I'm not yeah, fun. Okay. But now some people yep. love horror, like, oh, the fun is in like the scares. Yeah, yeah. I'm, stop- I'm trying to stop myself from having the scares. 
Well, it's interesting you say that because, like, obviously this year of fear being, yes, we're trying to choose all movies that, that scare us. We're even, like, talking about previous years where we've had some comedy horrors and some hammer horrors and all the rest of that stuff. It makes me think of a horror, of like, a good horror movie that has these dips and troughs and all the rest of, yes, very scary, but a bit of relief, and then more scares. And it kind of gives you that range of emotions throughout, and that's a sort of more, more satisfying experience than just, like, something like Antlers, which is just, like, shitty, dread-filled yeah. nothing, and I feel shit at the end. I think Year of Fear has kind of been that for you mm. where you need those little moments of levity or going into a movie going, I'll probably be I'll probably be all right. I can and and yeah. that way your defense is you do have that experience of lowering your defenses so that when you come into the real scary ones, great, maybe you're already meeting it at that level. Yeah, it's that thing in a horror movie where you get the jump scare and then mm. there's the reset. Yeah. I maybe didn't let myself have enough of a reset. No, no, because Every movie is 90 minutes of jump scares and here we go. <laughs> you didn't let yourself have the jump scare, so yeah. you couldn't reset. And I think yeah. I've got to find a way next like next season to be like, just let yourself be fucking scared. Yeah, man. yeah. It's going to be 90 minutes. You'll get over it. Bury it in the egg if, you, yeah. if it's really dark. But it is like it is that thing of like, it is braver to allow yourself to be scared. It really is. Because what I've done, I'm robbing myself of like one of the chief joys of horror mm. is to like experience it with your friends. and be like, whoa, fuck. Yes. Oh, that was fucked. And I don't think I'd found enough of that. Yeah, this right. Year. As well as just like, I don't know, like going into any cinema experience is like the idea is that you're having that experience. And I think for horror, like I know we've talked about this before, but like for horror, it's like you're having this experience that might be traumatic or scary or whatever, but you're having it in a safe space. Yes. And so that's kind of what, that is what part of the draw is for us watching horror is that we can sort of play with these things while also knowing we're going to be okay. Yeah. But like any cinema, you do want to connect emotionally. Like that's the point of it. You, yeah. Like if anything, mostly we should be going in really open and allowing that to happen. If the movie doesn't meet you and you doesn't get there, great. That's on the fault of the filmmakers. Mm. But as us as an audience, I think, yeah, there is an ownership in going, yeah, I, need, I didn't make this movie where I needed to. And so, of course, yeah. it could never have the effect it was meant it's to. It's even like Nope makes me think of that too, just because of the way that I went into it, expecting mm. like to be frightened like I was in yeah. Us. It yeah. sort of didn't get the same level of scares. And so I kind of like, I let it affect my whole experience of watching the movie to the point where I'm like, i got to watch this again and like yeah. give it the respect it deserves. Great, great. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't want to do that for all the horrors. <laughs> no, 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 no. Incantation. But yeah, it's kind of like- Go on. <laughs> no, no, thank you. But you get to it, the end of it and you're kind of like, well, yeah, I wasn't as scared by the same volume of, of movies as previous seasons. Yeah. So, therefore, I am braver. Not really, because yeah. I'm just leaning so heavily on this shield of, yeah. of stupidity. You could, uh, I, and I'm not trying to have a go at you, but you could argue there's a greater cowardice in using that shield- to, to, yeah, defend yourself against the scares. Yep. I don't know if I think of it as cowardly in hindsight. Yes, it is. But just, yeah, Wreck is the one where I really went, this is no way to live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just basically, I don't think, that is a, I'll look back at it and go, that is a scary film. Yes. It, it has is. very scary things. And I reckon I came out of it and went, didn't let it scare me. Yeah. I, I, it didn't affect me because I would not allow it to. And it's like, just open yourself up which to means, cinema. Which means you close yourself off to not just the fear, but every aspect of it. Like yeah, even yeah, yeah. the joy, the any yeah. character, you just were yeah. like, no, 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 I'm, I'm closing yeah. myself off It's like, off did you get any joy out of watching it with your buds? No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, as well as you're on a podcast about cowards watching horror know, movies. Yeah. You're not allowed to have this barrier. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'd use it as a strategy to try and see yeah. what it did. And yeah, look, I still got scared this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. a scaredy boy. I'm a fucking coward. Yeah. But yeah, for me, the, the biggest is the build up to watching yeah. the films. Especially Always. like the ones in cinema. Like when we went and watched Smile, even though that film didn't pan out exactly sort of, I didn't think it was great yeah. when it finished. But there were moments in it. 
It's when the lights go down and yeah, we're like, yeah, why yeah. are we yeah. fucking doing anytime, this? Anytime we've gone to a cinema to watch something this yeah. year, men, well, but even men, well, <laughs> yeah. about men, men oh. were psycho and not super scary, but going yeah. into it, the lights go down, you're like, oh, oh fuck. Well, I said in that episode, I bought moments. popcorn and I I didn't touch it until no, like well yeah. over half, like an hour into that movie, I was like, oh, yeah, because I just didn't feel like eating. I was like, I'm yeah. so fucking stressed out. You can't yeah, always yeah. be in the fun section, boys. You cannot. No, no. Yeah. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. All right. Well, to finish things off, we also have our yearly update from Rhiannon, who is one of our listeners who back in 2020 told us she got brave after spending her October binge watching all the movies we had covered up until that point. I, yeah. Still psycho. It's still. It's Rhiannon, still, what are you doing? Yeah. It's no, that's, Sean's not a way to live. That's not a way to live either. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so last year she, she did the same thing and basically sent us through a recap of the experience. And this year she's done the same. Um, and then we also were lucky enough to catch up with her at our live shows earlier this year, which was a, a real treat. Yeah. So she starts by saying she's back again after having completed her third Skeddy Boys horror movie marathon. And she says it has now become a beloved October tradition for her. It was particularly fun this year as the latter two thirds of the marathon covered the majority of the year of fear. Fun might not be the word I would use. Yeah. <laughs> Good for her. But she's oh. brave now. Well, she's brave. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. It's hard for us to understand. She's, she remains brave. Mm. Um, so she also wants to give a massive shout out to us for challenging ourselves like this, which is very nice. <laughs> oh. Heroes. Heroes. You're hearing it more and more. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I think in the email. Uh, uh, the email was just titled hero. Dear, oh, yeah, yeah. Dear the hero. inbox is full. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so many thousands of heroic. Your, you guys are heroes. Oh, they're all from uh, Sean James Carney. Oh, <laughs> damn. And how good's footy? <laughs> uh, so she says when she originally started doing this marathon, the idea was for her to save up all her scares for the entire year and focus them into one month. So that for the rest of the time, she would be fine. Yeah. Which, yeah, I can see the logic of it. I still think there's a psycho attitude oh, there. It's, it is madness. But she says, while the end result hasn't worked out like that, as in she's actually become brave now, she says she's still very impressed with all three of us for not only doing the podcast in the first place, but doing it consistently with no escape or break from the horror. She says she honestly doesn't know how we handle the constant tension of a new horror movie every week and thinks the dread of that would drive her insane. Well, it's heroic. Case in point, it's ruined Sean. (laughs) It's destroyed him. My health has deteriorated massively. I'm still the same. Tom has not changed a bit. I think he's possessed, though. (laughs) (laughs) He's getting stronger. (laughs) Yeah, boys, let's watch some more scary movies. (laughs) 
So she finishes that thought by saying the fact that we decided to ramp up the pressure for an entire year is is crazy and she hopes we've given ourselves a massive round of applause, which we clearly have. We've, we've called ourselves heroes well over two uh, dozen times. We've got, I'm Just hearing it from everybody. We've heard, yeah. 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 It's a little, I, when I put up to you to, to record today, there's a little boy on the street holding a sign that says, welcome heroes. Yeah. <laughs> I woke up this morning, my dog learned to talk. He just said, hero. <laughs> Gave you a cheeky yeah. look. Yeah, yeah. So for her end, she says, the year of fear has been her bravest year yet. She watched 53 films in 31 days. Fucking hell. So is that a bit of carryover from the end of yeah, last year? Yeah. Yes. 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 So, be- so she started with After the Dark. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's a, is that the cigar that's one? That's cigar one. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was the biggest piece of shit you ever. Have. I can't believe she started with that and then continued. Right. <laughs> I would have been like, fuck what, this what is interesting to say, though, the back half of this year is loaded. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. just, for, just for, quietly. For next year. For, for, next year. Yeah. for her next year. She's yeah. starting off, like, I think, Incantation, Wreck, oh. and Midsummer are all in the back half yeah. Yeah. of this year. So it's going to make up for her after the dark. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she started with that one and continued until Halloween, uh, the 2018 version, which she watched on the morning of our live show. And she says of those films, there was only one that really scared her, but she'll get to that in a minute. First, she wants to run through some of the worst and best films of the year. So she wants to start. She says she started off obviously terribly with Against the Dark which she says was an atrocious movie to start. Against, Against the Dark is the worst movie yeah. I've ever seen. But it's okay <laughs> yeah. for us because she quite rightfully blames Adam. Yeah. Which, yes, Good. as do we. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to fire you, Adam. You, uh, Gaspar Noe, Joel Dusha. <laughs> this car park's filling out. Steven Seagal. I could take Steven Seagal. Oh, anyone could. Oh, of yeah. course you could. What, he's just going to shit himself? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she says, she goes on to say, Willow Creek was an ordeal. She's a big fan oh, of both yeah. Bigfoot and the film genre uh, she calls terrible, stupid people go somewhere they shouldn't and get violently eviscerated by something with big claws and or teeth. Yeah. So she was really hoping this movie would be good, but... Uh, that 20 minutes scene in the tent, she says, was so terrible that it might actually be a war crime. <laughs> um, she also says Hell House LLC and Borderlands also get lumped in with low budget found footage that should be great, but unfortunately sucks and is boring, which. Yeah, I yeah. forgot about Borderlands. Borderlands is another one that stemmed from that tweet where I was like, give me underground yeah, claustrophobic yeah. stuff. And people were like, this will fuck you up. And you guys both got something out of it. But for mm. me, it was just. You people, bodied it. I bodied it. You bodied yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Which part of the body? The sphincter. <laughs> <laughs> and how else LLC was scary, but. But dumb. But also a bit dumb and not like Holly, my wife, had a real bad time with it. I think she yeah. would have it up there as one of her scariest. For me, for whatever reason, I was just like, yeah, but they don't have the budget to really make it scary. And, yeah. and I was right. Like, they kind of didn't. Yeah. You know, the scariest, like, the people in hoods and stuff, that wasn't that scary. Yeah, that's one of those ones where no, by the like, end of it, you're like, oh, that was a bit silly. Yeah, like, yeah. But parts of it, I think I messaged you guys while watching it. We're like, fuck you, Tom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's because it, I will say this. We talked about fucks, jump scares, and mm. incantation is one of the worst. Hell House LLC has oh, one of yeah. the second worst, which is yeah. the blanket, oh, the yeah. girl coming in under the blanket and him yeah. lifting it up and her For face sure. is there. And yeah, yeah. yeah, all bad. All no, bad. Yeah. No good at all. Yeah. Uh, and then she also says, speaking of boring, the Amityville boring was also boring, which I can't really say much to that. Hey, thing. someone pointed out Thanks, recently, <laughs> and I don't <laughs> know, if, and that's not Billy's fault. No, no. That's a classic. Yeah. That's hey, a classic. We um, wanted the classics, yeah. I, I, now, <laughs> sorry, you know what I, sorry, I just remember on that Amityville one. Mm. The best part of that, do you guys remember Billy saying, I think it was like his auntie was going deaf? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. she wanted to hear the screams of the children, children yeah. last time. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, that was good. The, I, I looked at a, a photo, and now that I'm saying it, it might have been photoshopped, mm. but apparently the Amityville house is on Amity Island in Jaws. Oh, okay. In the background of a scene. Oh, that's The windows, because it's- yeah, right. That, well, obviously, you must have called world. it 
Amityville, uh, Amity Island after... I think so. I think it's no, it's supposed to be that area. Right. Yeah, oh, okay. that's interesting. I think. Again, could be Photoshop. Hey. Maybe I made it up, but... Could be Spielberg, you clever man. You know what? I'm going to do some math. I'm going to do some checking. Uh, I'm going to see some which, math. Well, no, I need to see which, <laughs> which one came first. came first because Jaws was 75. Is that correct? Jaws is 75. This boy Amityville was around 78, I believe, yeah. 79 sort of area around the same That's time as The Shining, which was 1980. But I guess the idea of the Amityville was already existing because it's based off of supposedly true life stuff. I would lean towards this being a Photoshop job. Yeah, yeah it's. Uh, a huge Photoshop job. Okay, okay. <laughs> because Amityville is uh, 79. Unless they used an actual house. Because it is based on a true story. Isn't well, it? yeah. This guy made it all up, as history has shown. But but it, it, the house is a real house? Like that design of the I house? Or did, they design it to look so. like a, or did they specifically design it to look like a skull? I can't remember now. This is a Photoshop job. I think Tom. I got you've tricked. Been, by, you've been tricked? I've been tricked. Yeah. The detective has failed today, boys. Oh, oh no. It's been a long oh, year. Boy. Yeah, so I need to have a break. Until the end of the episode to earn our trust back. <laughs> oh, I will. All right. So for Rihanna, she says, finally, uh, art imitates life because the worst thing this year for her was men. <laughs> and she says, the bad thing about going into all these films blind is that when a movie starts out really solid, it tricks her into setting her expectations yeah. really quite high, which I think, yeah, for men, that definitely tracks, which makes the disappointment of a terrible ending hit way harder than it would otherwise. By the end, she was so annoyed you couldn't even enjoy the insane body horror. Yeah. So now for the good film. She says she'll start by stating the most obvious Jaws rules, which, yeah, you got to get that out of the way. Yeah. Then we can move on with it. Hey, full full disclosure. Jaws, guys, good movie. Turns out, real good movie. Steven Spielberg, pretty good filmmaker. This guy might know what he's doing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's always funny when you watch like a classic movie that's like, this movie's really good. And you watch it and you're like, yeah, it is. Yeah. (laughs) Hot take, it's still good. The movie everyone said was good was good. Wow. How about that? Um, She also says, while she doesn't quite reach Tom levels, she is a shark girl and that she loves those good pointy wet boys in even their worst movies. (laughs) The pointy wet boys. boys. (laughs) So naturally, the greatest shark movie ever made is an automatic five stars for her. Also, while she knows chases shouldn't technically count, she says, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar (laughs) is a fucking stellar movie. And discovering it during this marathon was an absolute delight. Which Tommy Bahama. Oh, what a what a movie! Fuck, I uh, really watched that three times. Ron, he was chemically wrong. <laughs> chemically wrong. Fuck, I hope they make a sequel to that. Uh, I, I love so it. good. Oh, I might watch that again today. Every yeah, now and again, know. I'll just listen to Edgar's prayer. Yeah, <laughs> such a great song. It gets me genuinely pumped. Uh, up. Yeah, I just still love the kid. Remember to you know turn the wheel really hard when yeah, you're driving yeah. straight. Yeah. <laughs> little the movements yeah, side little to movements, side. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just get uh, silly fun yeah. anyway. Uh, she also says she knows we all hated Antlers, which she says in brackets is valid, but she was so enamored with the monster that it dragged the rest of the movie up for her into a good time. There you go. That's fair enough. It was a like one of the all-time best monsters. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, the rest of it. Yeah. Not Too so bleak. Yeah. Uh, so she says she loves monsters. So fun, interesting, original creature design slash mythology is basically enough to sell any movie for her. On the same note, she also loved the stellar uh, creature design in The Ritual and Pan's Labyrinth, which yeah. for sure, yep, they're both great. Oh, Pan's Labyrinth, fantastic. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. That's up there. The latter of which she hadn't rewatched since the first time she saw it at Sleepover when she was about 13, and she thought it was grotesquely gorgeous then, and the years have not changed her mind. That's a cooked movie to watch at a Sleepover. Yeah, at yeah. 13. Yeah. It's not, it's not like, it's a good time, but not in that 
with your mates kind of a way. Yeah, I wonder if someone's just like, oh, I heard this is this fairy tale. Let's yeah. Watch this. And then, oh, boy. Oh, boy. What's the guy with the hands thing called again? Yeah, I can't remember. The Pale Man? The Pale Man, yeah. yeah. Oh, yuck. Yeah. He's still alive. He didn't get, he's roaming yeah. around down there. Yeah, he's definitely mm. real. Yeah. Uh, she says, speaking of monsters, since before this podcast began, she'd been running this horror RPG for her friends about a group of young queer teens hunting monsters in a small town. So the Fear Street trilogy mm. may as well have been written just so she could have a good time. She says she's come back to these movies again and again since they were released. And while there is definitely diminishing returns after the first movie, nothing beats the ending of fighting cops in the mall with your friends with a neon backlight aesthetic, which <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, cool. Good. They look yeah. great. A lot. Of, they were a lot of fun, those ones. Yeah. Just really good time. Bat boy. Yeah. Bat boy. <laughs> Your wildest time of the year. I just oh. got to know. <laughs> uh, she also says the black phone gets a shout out for having similar vibes and that she's always going to be down for siblings and spooky kids working together to solve a mystery and fight a monster. Yeah, good movie. Yeah. Best child acting. What? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other movies yeah. that had kids um, in them. Tigers Are Not Afraid was another good one. Yeah. 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 But yeah, the the girl, the sister in um, Black Phone, fucking hell. Yeah, that's yeah, some next level she's a weapon. stuff. Yeah. yeah. So she says, "It Chapter One is also part of this collection." Oh, those kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That other movie. We watched. Just not the adults. No, yeah. no, no. She says, obviously, she had to love the it movies because Stephen King is one of her favorite authors. Mm. She also says her clown phase as a teen meant that it was actually the first of his books that she ever read, which. Clown face, I've Rhiannon, I've got to ask, what is what is this clown, clown face? Clown face it sounds like it's not what I think it is. Because to me a clown face is the face and I was scared of clowns because they are creepy. Oh, I'm thinking that's like That's what I thought. Okay. But, I was picturing but, her dressing up. No, as no, a clown. but but oh. I think that's what Rhiannon went through a positive clown face rather than the okay. negative one that I'm assuming. Yeah, because you wouldn't hate clowns and then seek out the clown book. Right. Yeah. So, she, like, some people go through an emo phase. She's gone through a clown phase. That's pretty funny. Fuck, I wish we'd had a clown <laughs> phase instead of emo. I didn't, I didn't have an emo phase. I would have loved to see you in, as, yeah. in an emo phase. I just didn't have one. You're too jolly for emo. You yeah, couldn't just, do it. Yeah. My hair's too big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you could comb it over your eye. Yeah. I, I absolutely could. Oh, there it is. Oh, oh boy. There you're we wearing go. the most colourful yeah. sweater right now. <laughs> there you go. Almost. <laughs> she says she went into chapter two knowing it was going to be a disaster if they're going to try to stay faithful to the novel. So she says, anyone who hasn't read it, in the book, the two timelines are told simultaneously. Yep. And so the adult story arc is almost entirely just about them returning to the town, but then remembering all the traumatic things that happened to them uh, as kids with the occasional, you know, clown jump scare to keep it spicy. So she says the story is impossible to tell in a sequel movie without asking the audience to just completely forget the first movie and watch it again, which I think is a really good point. That's basically kind of yeah. how it felt going into It Chapter 2. You're like, well, what was the point of Chapter 1 then? Mm. She goes on to say that It Chapter 2 definitely has a lot of problems and could have done much better. And that she says our idea of a group of adults who are down for clown murder from the start but are unprepared to be faced with their adult fears is, is already a massive improvement. Um, but considering the source material, she thought they actually did a pretty good job. So she says, much like Dreamcatcher, she had fun listening to the episode for this movie because the weak parts of the story that we blamed on King were once again changes made to the source material so the story would actually make more sense. She says, this time we flagged the backstory of Pennywise arriving in pre-colonial times and the Native American lore around the ritual of Chud as things that King would have really gone into depth about. So this is something one of us must have said. Yeah. It just, I guess, yeah. It does feel like, because Kingy loves, Kingy loves psycho shit. Yeah. Well, she, she says that she's actually delighted to tell us that is not the case. She says, Pennywise being some kind of alien creature is a last minute reveal that's vague and open to her interpretation. While the ritual of Chud is a hugely important part of the book, everything about collecting totems and burning them in a special magic jar is all original to the movie. 
because they needed to come up with something to step to stand in for flashbacks. Right. So the then just do it as do it as fucking flashbacks. Because that's I'm pretty sure the the Tim Curry one from years ago tells them into cut. I th- I think. Mm. Yeah, just do it as one movie. Well, no, do it as fuck. It's big though, isn't it? Yeah, Maybe I don't know. Like, again, I just think then. that the, each chapter one was just so good. You're like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah. Do we need each chapter two? I don't know. Yeah. Like the book is an insane book because it's so big and you know is basically two stories in one. But I don't know. The kid's story is so good. I just I just wish that was that it. That was perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She says in the book, the ritual of Chad is kind of like clown battle. That's the best way she can phrase it. Where two people bite each other's tongue and tell jokes until one of them laughs and then maybe gets eaten alive. She says it's hard to say because when the losers do this to Pennywise, there is no literal tongue biting involved. Instead, it's more like a psychic clown battle where Bill and Pennywise bite each other's tongues and somehow slingshot their consciousness out of their bodies into the outside edges of the universe where the loser's childish love, imagination and hope faces off against Penny's ancient hunger, fear and malice on a kind of cosmic scale. And in the adult timeline, Bill fails a ritual and is saved by Richie because Richie is funnier than Bill and it takes a clown to kill a clown. Okay. So that's wild. That is out there. Fucking kingy. Do you reckon reckon, reckon King did drugs? Mm. This was the drug phase. (laughs) Well, actually, it depends. Did this come out before or after Cujo? Isn't that the thing that made him go, I can't do any more coke? Yeah, because he wrote that book and couldn't remember remember writing it. Well, that's why he's the king. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, She also says, she just wants to know, it took her five times to try to articulate that to make it as clear and succinct as she could. Which, yeah, I get it. That's yeah. out there. That's out How do we really want to read it now? Yeah. Anyway, moving on. So, Rhiannon says Malignant was also her favourite film of the year, partially because her familiarity with, familiarity with King allowed her to pick the parasitic twin thing almost immediately, um, noting Stephen King's The Dark Half. I've not read this one, but no, I'm guessing- That is, can I just say, Malignant is a very Kingy movie. Yeah. Can't yeah. believe that wasn't one of your top movies. Oh, it, it absolutely was. Yeah. 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 It, 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 I actually forgot it was Year of Fear yeah. until we just brought it up there. But no, that is, that is hands down, that's in my top movies. Yeah. It was, in, I think it was one of my favorite movies of last year, like yeah. I've, on Letterboxd. Yeah. I do a list at the end of every year. I think Malignant. I made it. It's fucking great. Mm. Yeah. So she says she laughed herself to tears throughout the entire third act of the backwards killer mowing down an entire police station. Oh, and it made it. Be- it's the, so good. The chair yeah. throw from the other side of the police station yeah. is. Such an iconically dumb but great moment. Yeah. Also, the guy's name's Kakoa Shaw. What a great name. <laughs> He's got a forensic scientist who wants to fuck him. Yeah. So, instead, it made her realize she just has the most fun with horror when it's a little bit unhinged, yeah. which, yeah, we can definitely understand. <laughs> and she also adds James Wan is now in, in for her in the same league as Del Toro, Peel, and Flanagan in terms of just... How much she enjoys his movies, which, yeah, yep. got to agree with there as well. He's got a, he's got a juicy one next year. Uh, the Wan Man. Yeah. What's he got? He's got that Megan film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He didn't direct it, though, did he? I think he did. Oh, cool. Is it produced okay. or written by him? Yeah, he's, in, he's involved. His name's this in is, the credit. This is your moment, mate. I'm DB Detective. Detective. Here we go. Oh. <laughs> Hurry up, boy. Can't do this all day. It's hard to find because there's, it just came up with Megan Fox. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. All right. Fuck. If this isn't, uh, hang on. It's a. St- I think he's got. He's got a- it's a story credit. Story credit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll give that. Mm. I said. I said. I said. He's Partial involved credit. in the project. Maybe this is how the year of fear has affected Tom. Mm. He's lost some of he's his. Been, he has been rattled. Yeah. I've been rattled. Possessed. That's my theory. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> Tom. She says. Speaking of unhinged horror. Yes. Rhiannon says she'll 
feels the need to validate you. Oh, that's good. One Cut of the Dead oh. was a five-star film for Thank me. you. Oh, Rhiannon. Uh, so she says it had the opposite effect of men in that going in blind had her setting her expectations lower than the basement for the first five minutes and bracing herself for a dumb time, not a good time. Then she got to spend the first act amusing herself by noticing all the weird little mistakes and details that didn't add up while also getting increasingly confused and wondering how the movie could possibly sustain itself for 90 minutes, which... Yeah, that was my experience also, but I just was getting increasingly frustrated mm-hmm. by that. You guys don't appreciate art. That's fine. Well, so this is, yeah, this is where she agrees with you because she says, then she got to spend the rest of the movie being rewarded with increasingly hilarious uh, explanations for all the weird things she'd clocked the first time around, tied to a story about a bunch of people working together to achieve something spectacularly stupid. She says she found it unexpectedly heartwarming and that she thought of it as the movie equivalent of digging through a pile of garbage with her bare hands <laughs> and finding a bunch of diamonds scattered throughout the trash. <laughs> And then finally, she says that Nope is her film of the year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And she says that's the whole year, not just this marathon. Just loved it as a movie. Yeah. Really good film. She says she saw it twice in cinemas. The only reason she didn't go and see it a third time was that she knew she'd be watching it again for this marathon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, She says every time she sees it, she falls more in love with everything about it. Uh, Just a solid movie about the horror of spectacle and exploitation featuring the most original and interesting creature design since The Xenomorph. So she says, fuck yeah, chef's kiss. Nope sits right alongside aliens in her favorite films of all time. Fuck Whoa. yeah. Which, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what we were talking about earlier. I really do think it's going to be one that, that becomes a classic for people. But she also does have a fun uh, little fun fact for us, which yes. is that when Gordy the Chimp calms down from his blood rage and approaches Jupe hiding under the table, apparently he signs, what happened family? Right before he goes in for the fist bump. So it's almost like he doesn't realize. That he's even done yeah, it. Yeah. Which, I don't mm. know, that's, that's another little that's layer in there. Fire. Yeah, Good. yeah, yeah. So that's all. That's her, her, what she thinks of as the good movies of the year. So now she's got top three scares of the year for her. So in third place, she has Lake Mungo. So she would have watched oh, this, she would have watched this as part of her marathon. Yeah, Five-star film. But she adds, probably not for the reason we might expect. So she says, prior to starting this year's marathon, she shared the list of movies with her sister and her partner, both, uh, who are both huge horror nerds and watch horror far more regularly than she does. And unfortunately, this is, we've had this experience similarly. Her sister said something that stuck in her head and effectively ruined the experience of watching for this for her, where she said something like, Lake Mungo is going to destroy you. There's a shot in the movie, which is the most terrifying thing I've ever seen on film. I think I said that to you, boys. Pr- pretty much, yeah. So she says she spent the entire time going out of her mind with the suspense of waiting for the most terrifying so thing. so late in the fucking movie, too. Right. But she says only to realize it was just a face. And she's not scared of a face. I was scared of that face. I think that's... Yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah, it's, it's out there. Old. So she goes on to say, it's impossible to say if she would have been scared if she'd gone in blind, but the movie does deserve an honourable mention for spooking her by proxy. Which, yeah, look, a lot of movies do. I think that's yeah. like we've talked about. That's that's part of the experience for a horror movie. Is like, yeah, sometimes expectation works against you. Sometimes it works with you. But uh, she also says Lake Mungo reminded her that the bank uh, of the bent neck lady from Haunting of Hill House reminded her that that existed when she'd spent an entire year completely oblivious to the fact, having shoved it so deep into her egg that she forgot it ever happened, which, understandable. understandable. We've all been there. Yeah. Yeah. In second place, she's put Smile. Upside down head. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> a movie that she says almost certainly wouldn't have bothered her at all if she'd been watching it alone, but in a Scary Boy's first for her, she watched it at the cinema. <sighs> yeah. So she says the timing had never worked out in previous years, but she got a chance to firsthand experience the phenomenon of a movie's vibes changing completely based on who you watch it with. So 
our experience, we said we had a few chucklers in the crowd for Smile and yes. that kind of did diminish things a bit. She had the opposite. She was in a late session near the end of October with less than two dozen people in the cinema and apparently all of them were scaredy boys and girls who were losing their goddamn minds. That's beautiful. Isn't I that, never want to be in a cinema want. like that. Yeah. Well, that's kind yeah. of what yeah, you want. Yeah, it's kind of what you want, but also But no. also, yeah, yeah. Our one was a really immature crowd. I yeah, think. it was Us a bit included. disappointing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well yeah. yeah, different kind of immaturity. Yeah. So she says people were anxiously whispering to each other, trying to figure out what was going on, trying to predict jump scares, hiding their eyes and asking them to be told when it was safe to look again. Four people in the session gave up and walked out. Yeah, that's power. I love that. If you're a filmmaker, that's what you want. That's oh, yeah. that's big. That's You'd be pretty proud of that. She's the first who left after the insane jump scare with his head outside the car window. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, and the second two left after the fake out where the protagonist didn't stab her patient to death. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So the atmosphere was overwhelmingly tense. She says, but was she scared? No? Question mark. Or maybe yes? Question mark. She says something weird happened to her during the very first scare of the movie, which was the with the girl with the horrible smile slicing her own throat. Yep. Yep. She thinks it scared her to the point where her brain kicked some kind of subconscious defense mechanism into gear. And instead of feeling afraid, she kind of did your thing, Sean. She got angry. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Yeah. So she spent the entire film getting furious every time something scary happened. She was both angry at the smile demon because she hated it and at the other people in the cinema for not being braver, which she says is a truly insane reaction and something that she's never experienced before. And she has, she doesn't know why this happened, but she guesses the end result is that she wasn't afraid of smile. She does have more to say. She's going to actually circle back to that at the end. It's of like, it's, it must be like when you unlock Sith powers. Right. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You let the hate in. Let the, the darkness. Hate, let the anger flow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the anger flows through you <laughs> and you can handle a horror movie. There's a little, there's a little fucking Palpatine in your head. Like, <laughs> let it flow through you. <laughs> Every time you watch a horror movie, his face is just, do it. Yeah. <laughs> Body this movie. <laughs> so. Uh, the last one, her biggest scare of the year and the only movie of the marathon that she would say genuinely frightened her and left her unable to sleep. And this one comes right out of left field for us because it's The Boy. Oh, piece of shit. <laughs> Brahms. 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 It's Brahms. Uh, Brahms. Brahms. <laughs> so she says something that has never come up during any of her previous horror movie marathons is the fact that she experiences, and let me try to get this right, automatononophobia. Fear of automatons. So dolls and shit. Right. So humanoid inanimate objects like mannequins, statues, and horrible little porcelain doll boys. We've not... Did really... Annabelle fuck her up? Well, so she continues. She says this never came up before because for her, this phobia is about not being certain whether something physically in the room with her is alive or not. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's basically it's like a specific. Yes, it's not just the idea of sort of this uncanny valley, you know, thing. It's literally the uncertainty of is it going? Is it alive? Is it going to hurt me or is it not? And I don't need to be afraid of it. She says the only notable exception other than this movie that she can think of is there's the one scene from Annihilation that she says she can't even talk about. Um, the Living Mannequins from the 2016 Ghostbusters remake. Oh, uh, yep. Yep. And then a couple. Seen it as, oh, is it the. Yeah, okay. No, I know what the scene is. You know you're thinking of? Yeah. Yeah. And then a couple of Doctor Who episodes Blink with the Stone Angels uh, for yeah. anyone. Yeah. Yeah. And a couple of others. So she says movies like Annabelle doesn't bother at her bother her at all because she knows that it's it's evil. And yeah, it's alive. yeah, yeah. Whereas um, Brahms, the whole movie hinges on is it actually and the reveal is it's just the guy. Yeah. Well, so she goes on to say she thinks it's because she went in expecting a movie about a horrible little demon boy and effectively got jump scared by the reveal of that porcelain monstrosity. Her words. Yeah. 
Uh, she basically spent the entire runtime after that so tense and upset trying to figure out if the doll was alive or not that she really wasn't even paying attention to the movie at all. <laughs> Didn't miss much. No, no. She says every second spent watching the characters deal with their stupid problems would have been a <laughs> second she wasn't spending frantically scanning every inch of the screen for any indication of the doll being secretly alive and able to move on its own. <laughs> Which, as we know, was like never the, th- never the case anyway. Yeah. Uh, because she was so distracted, she ended up getting completely blindsided by the ending where the monster turned out to be the only thing she likes less than a doll, a man with the face of a doll. Which is... Too many people on Letterboxd want to fuck. Yeah. yeah. we've I've read Weirdly those reviews. Horny. Yeah. Everyone's like, baffling, hey, baffling Brams, thing. do you want to fuck me? Yeah. No. What? So she says she hated this movie so much, she made her want to fill her pockets with a single rock and walk into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> A single rock. <laughs> but just uh, the biggest rock you can find. Well, like, from memory in the movie, yeah, it's like the, one rock. Her pet, the Brahms's parents put <laughs> yeah, like one yeah. rock in their pockets and off they went. So that's all the general reflections for this year's marathon. But she, there was one thing she wanted to circle back with for Smile. So she says usually when she's watching a movie, she tries to switch off the writer part of her brain that has studied storytelling and knows to sort of pick apart plot and structure. But when she was watching Smile, she was too busy being furious for no reason and couldn't disengage with enough to suspend her disbelief. So she wants to do a real quick movie maintenance on Smile for this one. So specifically focusing on just the ending of the movie and also the underutilized characters as she's too annoyed to just let it go. So here is her thoughts. So she agrees with us that her sis- that the sister and nephew were both underused and she also thought the movie was going to end with Rose killing herself in front of the nephew and continuing that cycle of trauma. Mm. However, she says she can see how that would be too bleak of an ending for most audiences and so that she's fine to leave the sister and nephew as they are um, so that an older version of the nephew can potentially become the protagonist of Too Smile, Too Furious, <laughs> like the baby from Candyman. Yeah, that's good. So the big change she wants to make is to completely discard the current fiancé and combine, combine him with the cop X. So now Rose has a cop fiancé. His character arc in the movie starts with him loving and supporting her, then growing concerned and distant during a much shorter version of helping her with the investigation, trying to hit the tight 90. But he doesn't believe that what she's experiencing is real. So as she becomes more unstable, he calls in her therapist slash smile demon. And eventually he just disengages and stops trying to help her. So she says, with that change in place, focus on the ending. So in the movie, Rose accepts that she is incapable of taking a life to save herself and goes to her childhood home to confront the smile monster. Rhiannon's happy to keep all of that the same until after she's defeated it for the first time, where she goes to the cop's house to apologize to him and ask him to watch over her while she sleeps. So as you guys would remember in the movie, she realizes that the cop is actually the small demon and she hasn't actually beaten it at all. And so she runs out the door only discovered she's still in the unburned house. However, for her pitch, Rhiannon wants to her to try to run out of the cop's apartment, only find that the door is locked and she's literally trapped with the demon just as she's figuratively trapped with it as well. So we get some spooky, scary horror from her POV before switching over to the cop's POV and seeing his version of the scene. Rose is just screaming hysterically at nothing, clawing at the door and acting completely insane. He's on the phone with an ambulance, having her committed because he doesn't believe anything she's experiencing is real and he's no longer willing to try and help her. Now the movie says ACAB, then the final scene of the movie is basically a bookend of the opening scene in the hospital. Except now we're seeing it from the other side of the equation. No longer the collected in control doctor, Rose is now the violent and unreliable crazy person desperately trying to get help from a doctor who doesn't believe her. The doctor in question being her boss, yep. played by Cal Penn. Yep. So he's deeply grieved for what she's become of his, his former friends and employee and wants to help her. But unfortunately, he's trying to help with her perceived mental illness and not really believing any of the demon possession stuff and not helping her with that side of thing. So he doesn't listen no matter how much she tries to explain to him that they're both in danger. 
Then the demon appears, rips off its skin, and we watch Rose get possessed by the nesting doll of smiles. The boss doctor is now on the emergency phone, calling the code, who turns around to watch Rose smile and cut her own throat, basically recreating that first and terrifying shot of the film, with the final frame being an extreme close-up of the doctor's terrified face with the evil smile reflected in his eyes. Demon wins, cyclotron repletes. Roll credits. Juicy. Better movie. Better movie. Mm. I think it's good. It's obviously like it's that full complete, like it's not even- The full book, smile. The bookends are good. Yeah. Which obviously the movie does do that. The cycle continues, blah, blah, blah. But I think by recreating that initial scene with her literally being on the other end yeah. of it, it's nice. like, yeah, we don't need to be subtle about that. Let's just hit that on it, the head. Yeah. It's, this movie is not subtle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I quite like that. I think it's a good way to full it, bring it full circle. Yeah. Done. Five stars. Well done. Well, got, well done, Rhiannon. So she says, and roll, with that, roll credits on an entire year. Her third marathon is done. She says she's already excited to finish off the year of fear in October 2023. It's just an insane thing, a way to do things. <laughs> yeah. I just, Rhiannon, you're a maniac. Yeah. Brave. I respect it, though. Brave. Well, that's it. That's the trick. So she says she's especially excited because a little birdie, me, to be fair, <laughs> uh, told her at our live show to expect a particularly scary movie, starting with them, featuring a bear. It's not a Muppets movie. <laughs> I, to- I told her we were going to watch Midsummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and she wants to say congratulations to us for having watched it, and she's looking forward to hearing our thoughts. She also says we hope she we enjoy Hex. Yes. Which was the book she very generous, <sighs> generously gave us. Um, Legend. Legend, but also, Rhiannon, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that cover's fucked. I haven't even... Very, nah. Yeah. Neither of us have read it. None of us have read it yet. No. No, no. I'm um, very much looking forward to it, though. Yeah. No, I am looking forward to it, but terrified. Yeah. Yeah. Because prior to her giving it to us, I have heard of it, and all I've heard about it is the most fucking scary book ever. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, yeah. You told Which me Which is what she fact- said... When she gave it to us. Yes. Yeah. It's the thing that if um, they ever made it into a movie, this is Flan Man's yeah, dream project. this is Flan Man's dream oh, project. Yeah. Already that's just Tells you all you need to yeah. know, which yeah. means it's probably incredibly scary, but probably also a really good heart. story full of heart. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, this book's going to ruin it. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. shit. Love getting a horror book, though. Yeah. Oh, Fantastic. Love it. Thanks so much. Yeah, brilliant. Good on you, Rhiannon. All right. So, we're up to next season. Mm. We're, we're coming into season four of Scaredy Boys at this point. Mm. Yep. Yep. And we actually have some very exciting news for next year because let the tension build. We're kicking off our very own Patreon. I, for a second, I had to look. I'm not going to lie, boys. I was like, what are we doing next year? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what exciting news do we have? Okay, well, maybe we're not as excited as I thought. But no, we're very. <laughs> no, I just forget shit. It's been a long year. It has been a very long year. But we are really excited for this because. Firstly, it's going to be like, basically, it's going to be the home for all our, all the different types of bonus episodes we've done in the past. We're going to kick things off in January with the new scary stories. Part of this Patreon will also be things like chases, Q&As, deep dives, hometown tales, all sort of, like I said, the stuff we've done before. But we also have a bunch of new fun ideas for other bonus episodes as well. Kind of the way I see it is really just want it to be a bit of a play box for us where we can sort of discuss all things horror and, you know, maybe tell a few horror stories of our own as well. So genuinely really excited for this Patreon. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And on top of all that, it's going to be the exclusive home for our Small Screen Scares podcast where we watch and review horror TV like we did a little while ago for The Haunting of Hill House. So I say podcast because really that's what it'll be now. It's its very own podcast, which again, you can, you'll can you get exclusively through this Patreon. The way it'll work is that there are two options for membership cowards or brave babes (laughs) and basically they both cost the exact same thing and get you the exact same thing 
But it means we can finally find out what percentage of all of you are cowards and what percentage are brave. <laughs> it's just stats. That's all we're it's just the stats. in. It's just something some I've stats. genuinely been like very curious about because we like to think this podcast is for horror lovers as well as the cowardly but horror curious alike, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea behind this is like, well, for any patrons that want to sign up, we can actually know, do they fall into the coward camp? Do they fall into the brave babe camp? So I'm generally keen to see what sort, <laughs> what sort of numbers we get there. And so what you'll get every month, you'll get two small screen scares episodes and one bonus episode, which we'll be releasing on the first three Mondays of every month, which pretty much means you'll be getting just about a new episode every week. And we'll likely throw out a few other bits and pieces as well. We already have some sort of RPG stuff that we've done with a few of the Sans Pants guys that will be coming out at some point again on our Patreon. So we're going to have a bunch of fun stuff there. Yeah. Basically, just if, for us, it really feels like the next big step on this weird, strange horror journey we've been taking with all of you and not only will it mean we get to keep doing this podcast but hopefully it'll also mean we get to start making some more cool and interesting stuff in the future kind of up to and including funding us to write and produce our very own horror audio series that's sort of our dream goal for this if we get enough patrons that's sort of where we really want to use that funding to, to script and uh, of course Pilliger road trip well, and of course it's funny said journey because all roads lead to the Pilliger <laughs> <laughs> I just got goosebumps yeah. and not in a good way. Well, I'll have them too when the Pelica princess gives you a big smooch. Oh, <laughs> Sean, I'm going to fight you. It's <laughs> a charity. But yeah, I better tell you where you can find it. So you can find it at patreon.com forward slash boys. If I've done it right, it should be live now, hopefully. Um, lastly, whether you, you're a, you become a patron or not, we just want to do a big, big thanks to everyone for having joined us for another year of Scaredy Boys. It's been a big year, year of fear. Uh, we did our first couple of live shows, which was a lot of fun. That was great fun, yeah. Yeah, and so good, we just want to, say to th- meet a lot of people too. Though. It was yeah. really awesome. So we wanted to say a big thanks to everyone who came to those live shows, and thanks for everyone who just you know sends us emails or, or tweets us on Twitter or whatever it is. Just thanks for everyone for listening and for all your support. We generally want to give give a big thanks for that. And I want to just give a big thanks to the two of you boys for putting Aww. yourself through another year of watching horror movies. I tell you what. I wouldn't be doing this without you. Yeah. That's for sure. Fuck. But uh, what's fucked is that I know that if you weren't here, I'd still have to watch this. Yeah, you'd still be <laughs> in this world. You too. Eh, not as much as you. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nowhere near as much. Where I would not watch a single oh, horror. Yeah. You'd be oh. back where you began, watching three horror movies in your entire <laughs> Yeah, life. and then comedies all the way. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we are going to take next week off, but we'll be back after that for season four of Scary Boys. Shit, yeah. All right, well, that's all the Scaredy Boys talk we have for this year. I've been Damien. I've been Sean. I've been Tom. And if you Scaredy listeners have any comments about this episode or would like to say hi, you can email us at 3 at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at Scaredy Boys or individually, I'm at Midday Pajamas. I'm at Carney from 55. I am possessed. Stay scared, everyone. And yes, correct, Tom. We are heroes. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.